1: The following podcast is going to contain spoilers about season two of The Mandalorian. Season two, episode one. Straight up spoilers, folks. I'm going to spoil the crap out of this episode. So if you haven't watched it, maybe don't listen to this episode. I hate saying that because I don't want to drive people away from the show. But at the same time, I don't want you to get mad at me and go, hey, jerk. We haven't watched the episode yet. So I'm warning you. I'm letting you know. Proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host and my name is Steven. How's it going? Do you ever do you ever wonder why podcasters do that? Ask you how you're doing. How you doing out there? How's everybody doing? Cuz you can't answer us. You know, unless you want to send me an email and go, "Dear Steven, I'm listening to your latest episode of Just Another Fanboy, episode 133 in which you discuss Season two of The Mandalorian, or at least episode one of season two of The Mandalorian. And as you open the episode, you asked how everybody was doing. And I just want to let you know I'm doing fine. Thanks, Bilbo Baggins, because Bilbo listens. He would totally listen. So, yeah, I'm talking about The Mandalorian because this past Friday was the release, the season premiere of episode one of season two. And gosh dang it, it was so good. The episode was called The Marshal, and it was almost an hour long. I remember taking the day off of work when the very first episode came out. The very first episode, season one, Mandalorian, episode one, I took the day off work. Uh, Disney Plus had just launched. The big selling point for Disney Plus when they launched was, you're going to get the first episode of The Mandalorian right off the bat. And so I took the day off of work. And of course, the app didn't work. Everybody was really upset. And finally, a few hours or so into the day, we were able to watch the show. And I logged in and I said, this episode's like 27 minutes long. What the kind of crap is that all about? I was really not very happy. That's not even 30 minutes. Sure, it's three minutes shy, but that's... I don't remember if it was 27 or not, and I don't feel like looking it up right now. But I remember being really kind of, I felt ripped off. Then, of course, I watched the episode, and it felt like it was just this epic movie that I just watched. It, I never once felt like it was too short, and I never once felt like it was too long. It was like that freaking second bowl of porridge that Goldilocks got just right. You know, the mom of the three bears must have lived an awesome life. I'm sorry, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. But think about that story, Goldilocks and the three bears. All of the dad stuff was either too hot, too rough, too big, too whatever. All the dad stuff sucked. All the baby bear stuff sucked. The mama bear stuff was just right every single time. Because you know why? Because Papa Bear knows Happy wife, happy life. That's right. Because Papa Bear knows which side of the bread to butter. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what Papa Bear knows. Anyway, Mandalorian, season two, episode one, The Marshal. Okay, so all year almost, it feels like, there have been rumors about what we're going to see in this season of The Mandalorian. We were going to see Boba Fett. We were going to see Boba Fett's armor, but maybe not occupying the same space In other words, we're probably going to get Boba Fett in this season, but he's not going to be wearing his armor. What's that all about? But yet we are going to have somebody wearing his armor. What? What's going on there? Other rumors were Ahsoka Tano. She was going to be on the show. And I'm sure there were others I can't think of. But two of those rumors, we, we learned the truth of in this episode. Now, frankly, I think they had already come out at some point before this episode was released and said, yes, Boba Fett will be in the show. No, he will not be wearing his armor, at least not at first. His armor will be worn by a man named Cobb Vance, who will be played by Timothy Oliphant. Now, I don't know if I don't know if they actually came out and and verified that those rumors were true, but the rumors were very specific. I mean, here over the last month before this episode was released, the rumors got really specific. We're going to see Boba Fett, but he's not going to wear be wearing his armor. Um. His armor is going to be worn by a guy named Cobb Vance, who first appeared in one of the Aftermath books, which was written by Chuck Wendig, and he's going to be played by Timothy Oliphant. Okay, those are really specific rumors, so they've got to be true. I don't know if that, I don't know if it was they verified that the rumors are true, or they just were so specific that people were just, yeah, those, those, those rumors are true. They just got to be. But guess what? They were. They were completely true. Let me tell you a bit about the episode. So in season one, by the time season one ends, Mando, I'm just going to call him that because I don't remember his name. I just rewatched the entire season. Din, I think his name is. Din Djin, something like that. Anyway, he, uh, he is tasked by the Armorer, one of the Mandalorians, a female that they just refer to as the Armorer. He is tasked to take the child, or as everybody in pop culture calls him, Baby Yoda, to take him back to his people. Now, she's not 100% clear on what that means. On the one hand, that could mean whatever race of creature Yoda is, he's got to find those people and return this child to that race of alien. But nobody knows what this alien is. Nobody knows what this race is. Or she just means she's he's got to find some Jedi and give this kid back, even though there are no Jedi around anymore. So it's a pretty impossible task. He refers to it as he he has been quested. And so he knows he needs help on this quest of his, and he sets off to find other Mandalorians. And so he goes to this city, this planet. I don't know if they ever named the planet. It was a very, there. he's in a very seedy area of town. He's led into what seems like an underground fight, like fight club, like a uh, illegal boxing, and it's two, um, good Lord, I didn't do my research here, Gamorrean, the the pig guards from Return of the Jedi, Jabba the Hutt's palace, the big green pig guards, there's two of them fighting in like a boxing ring. They've got axes and force fields, and they're going at it, and he goes and sits down next to this one-eyed dude, and I don't mean one eye like Nick Fury has one eye. I mean, he's got one cyclopean eye in the middle of his head. He, again- Didn't do any research, don't know the name of the alien race, but I believe that we see one of them in the cantina scene in the original Star Wars movies. You know, let me go on a tangent again here really quick. I started thinking about this the other day. Do you ever notice, at least folks of my generation, people who saw the first Star Wars movie in the theater, when they go, when they talk about all the various Star Wars movies, every one of them they call by the subtitle, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Force Awakens, blah, 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 blah. But we always refer to A New Hope just as Star Wars. There's a reason behind that, because when the movie first came out, when it first hit the theaters, it was just called Star Wars. The opening text crawl that if you watch now says Chapter 4, A New Hope, it didn't say that. That was not part of the opening text crawl. So for us, it was always Star Wars, Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That was the original trilogy. And I I don't know if I've ever heard anybody of like maybe my kid's generation who refer to that movie as A New Hope. I feel like people still call it Star Wars. Anyway, he meets up with this alien dude. He's like a crime boss maybe. And he says, hey, I'm looking for Mandalorians. I hear that you know where I can find some. The guy being a criminal, of course, tries to rob the Mandalorian, tries to rob Mando. Why does everybody call him Mando, by the way? Everybody he knows from different planets who have never met each other, they all just call him Mando. Is that just a thing that just the universe decided, the whole galaxy decided, hey, if you're ever friends with a the Mandalorian, they're not going to tell you what their name is, so just call him Mando, all right? Don't call him Buck, don't call him Chief, don't call him Tiger, certainly don't call him Sweetheart. Just call him Mando. Everybody calls him Mando. And I found that odd the second time watching. Actually, I think this was my third time watching the whole series. I watched this new episode twice. And I think I I went through the whole series three times now. Anyway, the guy tries to rob Mando to get his armor. Because that Beskar steel, that's some good stuff, man. Nobody has the Beskar. And if you've got the Beskar, you've got the best stuff. Beskar equals best stuff. But of course, he's the Mandalorian. He's not going to take any crap from a one-eyed alien. Despite all of his thuggish alien friends that come after him, Mando kicks all their butts. He just beats them all up like, like it's nothing. And little uh, little Yoda is there to watch it. The child, the kid, he's there to watch it all happen. I will say that baby Yoda doesn't really have much to do in this episode. He's just kind of there to watch it all happen. And that's fine. He can't always be part of the story. He can't always be there to wave his hand and get the Mandalorian oh, Mandalorian, out of trouble. He can't be there to do that all the time. But there was a really great moment there at the beginning when this one-eyed alien dude pulls his gun on Mando and all the other aliens around him that are his thugs. They all pull guns on him. And everybody else in the crowd that have been watching the fight, they all run away because they know some crap is about to go down. Well, the Mandalorian basically tells the dude, look, uh, I'm going to give you one chance to tell me where I can find more Mandalorians. Um, Otherwise... Uh, I'm gonna have to kill you, and little baby Yoda is like watching him, and he's got that thing on his wrist, the um whistling bird weapon that shoots out all the little tiny missiles, and he sees it power up and he just i think he actually closes the pram that's what i'm calling it I'm calling it a pram because that's what the one dude called it, whose name now I suddenly can't remember the the imperial dude the 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 original imperial guy that sent him out to get baby Yoda he calls it a pram. If you're not aware, a pram is a stroller, basically. It's a certain kind of stroller, and it resembles something like what Baby Yoda is in. But in our world, it's got wheels and junk on it. Anyway, he beats them all up, and then he convinces the one-eyed alien dude to tell him where he can find more Mandalorians. And he says the only one he knows about is on Tatooine. And Mando's like, Tatooine? I don't think so, buddy. I've been spending a lot of time on Tatooine lately. I would have known if there was a Mandalorian there. And he's like, no, seriously, he's in this town called Mos Pagos. That's where you got to go. And so he goes to Tatooine. He leaves his ship with the lady from episode five. I think it was Gunslinger, the one that helped repair his ship when the first time he went to Tatooine, she helps him find Mos Pagos. He goes out there. Pagos, is that the name? Was it Pelos? Now I can't remember. Anyway, you find out that the marshal of the town is this guy, Cobb Vance, played by Timothy Oliphant, who is wearing Boba Fett's armor. Now, I've read or I've read most of the first book to Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy. And I don't remember if I came across Cobb Vance. He would do these things, at least in the first book. And apparently he does it throughout all three of them. There's these little interludes that I don't know if they end up becoming part of the full narrative or if they're just little things that he threw in there. This like, hey, by the way, if you want to know what happened to uh, Boba Fett's armor, um, this guy named Cobb Vance got it. And I'm going to tell you a little story about how that happened. And that's that that's he does these little interludes in the book. And so that little interlude is retold in this episode, which I have to as, as a guy who's written a couple of books, I am, of course, not on even near Chuck Wendig's level, but I got to imagine Chuck Wendig's like, holy crap, they took one of my characters and they put it in The Mandalorian. That's freaking amazing. And so what you find out is, after the second death star blew up, the mining guild cuz this town is a mining town. The mining guild takes over. The empire take off, the mining guild takes over. They start shooting every shooting up anybody that they think is going to is going to cause them any issues. Cobb Vance takes off, he he manages to escape. He grabs one of those ice cream machine containers. And finds out later that it's full of this rare crystal. He, he he's just there. It's just there, and he grab. I better grab this just in case. And it's full of these crystals. He almost dies out in the desert, which you know, of course, the whole planet is a desert. The Jawas find him. They they find the crystals. They want the crystals. They offer him all this stuff, and he sees this Mandalorian armor, and he says, "That's what I want." And so he comes back to town with the Mandalorian armor on, and he he drives away the mining guild, and he becomes the town marshal. Well, as part of the Mandalorian creed, you're not allowed to wear a Mandalorian armor unless you're a Mandalorian. And so Mando's about to just basically serve this guy his butt. Now, I'm glad the two of them don't fight. They don't fight in this episode. And I'm glad because I didn't I didn't want them to fight. I wanted them to be friends. And they do, in essence, become friends. But I'm glad they didn't fight. Timothy Oliphant, he plays this character. He is basically playing Raylan Givens from Justified. If you've watched him in Justified, that's who he is but with Mandalorian armor on. That's who he is. And it was so awesome. He is so super cool. It was just awesome. Well, you discover before they're about to throw down that there is a crate Dragon, which is a big old sand dragon that's been terrorizing the town. And it swoops in. And by swoops in, I mean it burrows in from underground because it swims in the the sand. And it eats a uh, freaking... Why can I think of the name of those big furry things with the horns that the the Wampa? Is that right? Is it a Wampa? It's not a Wampa. Is it holy crap? Why can't I think of a no the Wampa. Okay, the Wampa. I'm losing it. The Wampa was the big yeti type dude on Hoth. They ride Banthas. So it it swims through the sand right down the middle of the right down the the, the middle of town, right down the the main street, eats a Wampa and goes away. And Cobb Vance tells the Mandalorian, he's like, look, I'll make you a deal. You help me kill that thing, and I'll, I'll just hand over the armor. And so they set out. He goes, I know where, I know where we can find it. So they go out. They set out to, to kill it. And they end up running into some sand people. And basically, the village and the sand people have to team up to take out this giant crate dragon. And it was so good. It was such a good episode. You learn more, a little bit more about the sand people. Just little things about the sand people. For example, the gaffy sticks that they use that they beat people up with. The there it one end of it kind of curves around like a hook, and it has this big flat piece on it with like a little a little uh like a little thorn, a little spike sticking out of the center. They use that to clean their bantha's teeth. I don't know why I find that endearing about the sand people, but I freaking do. It was just such a good episode. It was freaking epic. It was almost an hour long. There were, there were really no point in the, there, there was really no point in the episode that I felt it slowed down in any way. Like I said, I watched it twice. I watched it on Friday and then I watched it again on Saturday. It was, it was just an epically good freaking episode. Now, how does it further the story? It didn't, not really, except for maybe, uh, we're going to, I don't know, maybe it opened Mando's mind a little bit about what it means to be a Mandalorian because here's this guy, Cobb Vance, who is not a Mandalorian, but by the end of the episode, you almost feel like Din, that's what I'm gonna call him, Din, the Mando, Mandalorian. he You almost feel like he would accept Cobb Vance as a Mandalorian. Like if he would have, by the end of the episode, said, no, look, you keep the armor. You've earned it. You've earned that privilege. You would have bought it. Now he couldn't, because that's not really the creed, but you feel like there's a part of him as that episode's ending. You almost feel like you can see that inside him. And with the rumor of him coming across, because there's a, a couple other Mandalorians from um, like the Clone Wars cartoon and Rebels cartoon, there's, um, God, why can't I think of any of their names? We're, we're supposed to, the rumors are we're supposed to see them in this show as well. And so maybe as the show progresses there's going to be different episodes where he meets these different Mandalorians. And I don't know if they're going to do like they did with the first season where by the end of it, all of them have to come together to overcome some big thing. On the one hand, I hope they don't do that because it's like, didn't they just do that in the first season? But on the other hand, I really want Cobb Vance to come back and I want him to put on Boba Fett's armor. I would really like to see that at the end, you know, in 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 the final episode, it's like, I got to get the band back together. I got to get... um. Apollo Creed and um, the lady. I don't even know why you guys listen to the show, because I don't remember any names and I don't write anything down. But I would love it for him to get some of these people back together by the end of the second season. And he's, you know, Cobb Vance, I need your help. Um, But if you're going to help me, you got to put the armor back on. Because really, the way this episode is told, it's like Timothy Oliphant is playing a character in the Star Wars universe. But after this episode, we're never going to see him again. I hope that's not the case. Kara Dune, that's her name. We kind of thought that with Kara Dune. We kind of thought that with Queel, who was in maybe the first three episodes. But then he ends up coming back for the last two episodes. She comes back for the last two episodes. You know, hopefully, maybe they'll do that, but not do it kind of the same way. I don't know how many episodes are in this season. I didn't look that up. I'm assuming eight, just like last season. But the big the big thing, the big reveal was the way the episode ended. So they kill the dragon. The sand people have made this deal with the villagers, the the people of the town. They say they basically say if you help us kill this dragon and you let us basically take the meat from this dragon, we get the corpse basically, then we will never ever ever visit violence upon your town again unless you bring it to us first basically. And so they kill the dragon. The sand people are carving it up for meat. They're giving some to the townspeople. Uh Mando gets a big chunk of it. And they find this pearl. The apparently these dragons create these pearls. And so that's a big deal for him. And so then Cobb Vance gives him the armor and he loads it up on the back of his speeder bike. And then he leaves. Well, as he's leaving, somebody is watching him right away. They're they're up on a cliff somewhere, and these they're watching him, and he's wearing these brown robes. And he's got a big, long rifle on his back, like maybe one of those rifles that the sand people use. And he's got a gaffy stick on his back. And he turns around, and it's the dude that played Django Fett, which means this is Boba Fett. And he's, he's bald, and he's got scars on his face. And I remember there was a, a comic book, maybe, that came out sometime after Return of the Jedi. It was a comic book or a book. I don't remember if it was a comic or a novel that basically brought... Boba Fett back to life, and just said that because of his Mandalorian armor, the um, the Sarlacc could not digest him and spit him out, basically, or he fought his way back out of the Sarlacc stomach or something. And so you kind of get that feeling with this show that that's maybe kind of what happened. And but somehow he 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 either claws his way out of the Sarlacc, and he is so near death that he collapses and maybe the sand people come and they steal his armor. Um, We don't know how he got separated from his armor. I'm assuming we'll figure this out during season two, but he looks like he's kind of scarred up. And they look slightly like Burns, like maybe stomach acid from a Sarlacc could have done it. And as he's and then he so he turns around and we can see his face and we see that it's the guy who played Django Fett, which means he's also Boba Fett, which means he's also all the clone troopers. But we're going to assume at this point that he's Boba Fett. Who else could he be based on the rumors, based on where he's at? We're going to assume he's Boba Fett. So he turns around, faces the camera, and then he walks off camera. Well, I didn't notice it the first time and I didn't notice it the second time after it was even pointed out to me. But I watched a YouTube video that basically said that as Boba Fett is walking off camera, you hear the sound of spurs as if he's wearing spurs. And then they said, if you remember episode five, the gunslinger at the very end, the um, the the woman that they were after, she the, somebody approaches her as she's lying there in the sand and you don't see who it is. But as they're walking towards her, you hear the sound of spurs. That means that that was Boba Fett. Well, when I rewatched episode five, I distinctly heard the sound of spurs when this shadowy figure approached her body at the end. But I still, the second time I watched that first episode of season two, I didn't hear spurs when he was walking away. So I, I can't verify that. But if that's true, that means... Boba Fett was there for some reason in episode five. Does that mean that she's alive? Did she survive that? I don't think so. Did she have something on her that he took? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess if that was Boba Fett, we will find out. But I'm so looking forward to more of this series. They keep saying that this season is going to expand more upon the world. It's going to open up more. It's going to be less... You know, they don't really prove the they don't really prove it with this first episode because they're like, we're not going to keep going back to the same places. We're going to open this up more. But of course, in the first episode, we're going back to Tatooine, the one place that we've pretty much visited in practically every single Star Wars thing ever. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, another thing I wanted to point out was Cobb Vance. So when Cobb Vance and, and the Mando go out to. Find where the crate Dragon is. Mando is riding a a speeder bike. It's the same speeder bike that he rode in episode five, the Gunslinger. Well, Cobb Vance is riding. He's basically taken one single engine from a pod racer and attached like steering controls in a seat to the side of it. And so he's retrofitted this freaking pod racing engine into a speeder almost. It was it was pretty awesome. However, I would imagine it was pretty loud. And I know that the speeder bikes are kind of loud, and yet as they're zooming through the desert, he is able to tell the Mandalorian his story, which I thought was silly. But it's one of those things that you have to do for story. Another thing I th- I thought was silly, and it's another. It's again, it's one of those tropes that you have to do if you're telling a story, especially uh, a story for the screen. The they have to explain what their plan is when it comes to taking out the crate dragon. Which is it? There, there's a big cave, and it's it's more it's. Its belly is where it's the most vulnerable. They bury a bunch of explosives in the sand. The goal is to draw it out. When it gets to a certain point. they hit a button on a detonator, it blows up underneath it. and hopefully that will kill it. Well, he's explaining the plan to Mandalorian is explaining the plan to Cobb Vance as it's unfolding in, for, in front of them. And they just did it really weird. They did it They didn't It's not like they were sitting around the fire. A couple of nights before and the Mandalorian said, all right, here's the plan. And then as he starts telling it, they shift forward to see everybody putting it all together. No, they arrive at the cave. Mando and Cobb Vance are standing on this ridge above where it's all going to happen. And the people are down there doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. And that's when the Mandalorian's like... Okay, so here's the plan. And you think Cobb Vance would be like, yeah, I don't think I would have come all this this way. I don't think I would have just followed along blindly up until this point, not knowing what the plan was. It just felt really weird the way they did that. I'm not nitpicking. It just took me out of the story for just one slight moment, probably something that maybe I wouldn't have noticed at first. But the second time through is when I kind of went, that's kind of weird. That's kind of a weird way for them to to do that. But it was still a great episode. Again, watched it twice, loved it both times is what I'm saying. Now, I'm not going to do one of these episodes for every episode of The Mandalorian. I think what I'll do is maybe I'll do one wrap up episode right there at the very end after the last episode. Maybe I'll do quick, short little episodes for each one of the episodes each week and throw it up there on my Patreon. I don't know. I don't think I have a lot of time for that. But at the very least, the 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 I'm definitely going to do one more episode after the, the season finale. But we're off to a good start. If the rest of the season is, is even half as good as this first episode, it's going to be another great freaking season. And I cannot wait to see where it goes. And I hope all these rumors that I've been hearing, I hope they all come true. And I hope we see Ahsoka Tano. I hope we see these other Mandalorians that were in the Rebels cartoon and the Clone Wars cartoon, because I just want want to see all this stuff come together. I just want to see it all come together, you know? Regardless, it's a great show. When I finished the episode, I've been binging Star Trek. I watched Next Generation, I watched Deep Space Nine, and now I'm in the middle of Voyager. And when I finished this episode of The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, well, I guess I can go back to Star Trek, I guess, whatever. It just seemed like a big letdown. And so then I went back and watched the entire first season again instead. And that was a lot of fun. All right, that's it, folks. I'm out. Did you watch the show? Did you watch The Mandalorian? What'd you think? Shoot me an email feedback at StephenR.Else.com. Find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram at R. Else on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find me at Just Another Fanboy Podcast on Facebook. Links will be in the show notes, folks. Want to let you know on something that's coming up for uh, the Patreon, my patrons. Once a month, I go out and I find a, a couple of books couple of issue number one books that are coming out. And for so for November, I picked out a couple of books and then I let the folks over on the Patreon vote which one I was going to get. And then I get it and talk about it. And they chose Crossover from Image Comics, Crossover, issue number one from Image Comics. That comes out on November 4th. So tomorrow, as you're listening to this, that means on Friday for you folks on the Patreon or the Patreon, as it were, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about crossover. If you wanna join in on all that fun, all it takes is a dollar a month. As little as a dollar a month. And you get that other podcast called My Other Podcast, which releases every Friday. We are over 150 episodes over there. Don't miss it. Or miss it. Whatever. We're not all made of money. So if you gotta miss it, you gotta miss it. I'm not gonna hold it against you. Hey, that's it. That's my episode. I'll talk to y'all later, later in the week. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Wear a mask. (gasps) Good job! <gasps> Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I started that early. I'm supposed to do something else instead. So I guess I just created a blooper. Yay. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers. And they're going to be... Sp- and I'm not... <laughs> the big selling point was Disney Plus... <laughs> The big selling, and then finally, a few, a uh, few, a uh, few or so, few or so, few or so. <sighs> I'll get it. I'll get it. Hold on. Papa bear knows. Papa knows what is playing on the television. Papa knows what side of the butter to bread. <laughs> <sighs>